We got to get in a state of abundance. We got to thrive again. We have to think of thriving. And the only way we do that is reinvesting in our people. That's what it's about. Reinvesting in our people, reinvesting in our aina, and reinvesting in ourselves. That's how you can... That's Mauliola. That's well-being. This is Hawaii Rising, a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund. I'm Kenji Cataldo. I'm Suyuno Amos. Each week, we'll be talking story with grassroots community organizers at the forefront of progressive movements for change in Hawaii. Over this series, we're featuring the 30 grantees who received community-raised funds through the Hawaii People's Fund this year. It's our biggest cohort to date, and we're so excited to share their stories with you. Today, we're talking with Keola Chan. Keola is the kumu at the traditional healing school Kapa Olonopuha, as well as the executive director of Ahakane Foundation for the Advancement of Native Hawaiian Males. Kapa Olonopuha was founded in 2009 to train the next generation of Lomi Lomi practitioners. They are dedicated to reviving the practice of Lomi Ai by taking a holistic approach to health. Here's our interview with Keola from October. Okay, we're here with Keola Chan from Kapa Olonopuha. Keola, could you tell us about yourself and the work that you do? Aloha, my name is Keola Chan. Uh, I am the executive director at a nonprofit organization called Ahakane Foundation for the Advancement of Native Hawaiian Males. We focus on our Hawaiian men um, in hopes that they um, pick up their responsibilities, their roles, um, their kuleana within the home so that we can ensure stronger families as we move forward. Um, and uh, build a, a better future for the next generation. And um, that's kind of the work I do. And then outside of work, I I am the kumu for a traditional healing school academy um, called Kapa'a Puha, which uh, we partnered with Ahakane to, um, to make this submission. Um, in hopes of supporting the work that we are trying to instill in our community. Can you tell us a little about the history of Kapao Lunapuha and how you first got into Hawaiian healing practices yourself? Uh, well, we'll start with how I got into it. I got into it because of um, when I found out that um, my wife was pregnant with our first, our son. And I, you know, you, you go through a really quick uh, review of being raised and realizing, man, I don't know what it really, you know, I don't know what I would, I don't know how to be a father, you know, how can I be a better father came up pretty often, you know, and, um, taking care of a child, taking care of a wahine at that time was just really, um, overwhelming to me. And I feel like, um, the healing arts found me, um, even though it seems like I was finding it, but I think it found me. Uh, I, I think part of it is my name too. I think the, re the reason why my name was, my mom gave me the name Keola, um, that, that idea of life um, 
you know, I think it really, that, that was the impetus of it, like being my mom giving birth to me on her birthday, but um, being told that she would never be able to carry a child, you know. And so when she found out she was a pie and then I actually came out, that was the start of, that was life for her, you know, because she so badly wanted a child. Um, but that, I think that set in the pathway for me. And then years later, um, having my own child, it really um, moved me quickly to start picking up skill sets um, to be able to instill a healthy home front, you know. Um, and so that's how I got into to doing traditional healing. Um, at that time, I was a professional musician, so I was making, you know, good money and um, could play in the evening and then could take classes during the day. And I just was, um, I was really just doing it for my family in the beginning. You know, I would go to one class, um, learn from that kumu for however long they, they had their classes for. And then when they were done, I was like, okay, I don't know what to do next. You know, most, most people would go into like a service industry or start practicing the work. But I was just in a great space that allowed me to like continue to learn. So I went from one kumu to a different kumu to, and I, I started seeking out these different kumu, even on different islands. And so that kind of started my study. And I got to really um, meet with different practitioners because they were in different schools. Right. And normally you go to one or two schools. Rarely you went to like um, like I went through like nine, nine different kumu, you know. And um, I was I was blessed because after each kumu, they would say, oh, you should go and learn from this person or let me take you and introduce you to this kumu because you're done with me. You know, I, I don't want to teach you or I can't teach you or they just probably were sick of seeing me. <laughs> so they were just passing me over, you know, but it allowed me to see, um, you know, we have that. Um, you know, that all knowledge is not taught in one school. It's a good proverb, but unless you really understand it by going through it, then you realize like, well, all of these kumu, it's situational, you know. I mean, there's always something, um, every client, every person in, in, in the community you're going to work with, they're not the same. So you got to have, you gotta have, have a pretty um, diverse toolbox to work with people. And I think what it taught me was to have um, a very broad perspective of, healing and health and well-being right and it, did, it wasn't just regulated to just lomi you know i was um in, encouraged to go into ho'oponopono into la'au um all the different healing practices to really get a good handle on um and so that's what got me into the into the work and starting to really um realize the the importance of rebuilding this because a lot of them were older, you know, not too many of them, um, you know, while, while there were kumu that were out there at the time, I, I would see a, since then to now, I almost see like a decline in, in individuals coming out to teach, you know, but the interest is, is, um, is growing when you look at the data. There's a great need in our community that, um, especially this pandemic, I think it exacerbated that, that, that desire for access because it's not like they could just walk into the clinic or the, the fear of walking into a hospital right nowadays is is just crazy so it, it brought it brought back home this idea of um instilling a, a healer in every home you know and and so that's what kind of drove um me at 
by having good kumu was really critical in, in, in that time in my life. And then having kumu that were seeing that, that pattern. And I, I have great respect for, for those that pulled me aside and said, Killa, it's your turn. Like you got to start teaching, you know, I didn't think I was ready and I held off for a couple of years, even after being told like you, you need to share and teach, you know, um, I was kind of still playing music and, and, um, having a different lifestyle. I was taking, I have a different kind of la'au I was taking at that time in the bars, you know, it was a different kind of la'au I was, was partaking in, but it, it switched over. You know, I literally stopped playing music and just committed to this work and practice and changing lifestyle and perspective and just went all in and to start to share the work and build that foundation. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear how you're drawing from so many schools of knowledge. Um, I wonder if you'd like to share some examples of the kumu you had and the lessons you learned from them. You know, I teach this in my class. Like one of the, 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 the things that we, when we think about education, we think of a, a, a structured, you know, formalized, you know, school setting. And I think that's just because how socially it is, right? But we often um, overlook like our own homes, you know, the places that we come from and the, the Ike. Because when you, when you think about it, like, Okay, I went to university for four years. That's four years of knowledge, right? But that can't surpass like, what, like 22 years of being raised in a family. And I think people often overlook that and go straight to like, here's my degree. Here's what I know. You know, here's where I went to school. But I think it's, it starts in the home. You know, the, the, the values, the beliefs, the practices, those are critical in ensuring that you have the skill sets to thrive later on in, in those, um, in, in those places. And at the same time, we, you know, oftentimes when I ask how mana, you know, like what are those, um, healing traditions that you learned in their home? Holy oh, struggle with that. You know, they really struggle with like, I never even, nobody ever asked me that question or I even thought about it, you know? And I'm like, no, you, you need to think about it, you know? And I think for me having, having a holiday that, it, and it took me the same thing. And so it took me the same process to walk through and really think about like, okay, what, what, what kind of tea did my tutu make, you know, when I was sick or, you know, what was in that joke when my grandmother made me sit and sweat and eat it, you know, and like sweating, it was so hot outside and she would make me eat this joke, you know, and what was the function of, of, of it, you know? And ask, going back, really, going back to that, that space of um, growth in knowledge from the very beginning and, and going back and asking your parents, your grandparents, your aunties and uncles, like, well, why did you do that for me? You know, why, why did you give me that? Why not give me just Tylenol, you know? Or maybe Tylenol was a thing you got to list down too, you know? I, I think every generation, we, we, you know, we talked about cleansing as an example, you know, and having that discussion of like, okay, what, what was cleanses looking like at your home? Oh, we never did Hawaiian cleanses. But if you ask them and you start really digging, they're like, oh, yeah, I did castor oil or I did milk of magnesia or, you know, my, my grandma would flush me out and have made me drink a whole bunch of water. Like that's still cleansing, you know. So I think um, it starts in the home um, and that's that's kind of. An, an important place to start where EK, where, where teaching and education starts. Because without that, 
you really struggle in all the other places, you know. So I really, I, I'm a strong supporter of like the home being the place that we have to reclaim as a as a lahui. Um, and that's where education starts. That's where health starts. That's where that's where everything is developed. Not at the preschool, you know. We can't just put it on these on our kumu at, at the elementary level, you know. Poor thing. <laughs> But we are. We think like that, right? Like, oh, I'm just going to send my kids to school and let them figure it out. You know, like, there's a disconnect with that, you know. And so I think it's important that we recognize the traditions that we, that foundation for for all students. You know, whatever EK you go into. Um, but it that's your inherited mana, really, that, that we talk about, right? Like, that that is where it starts. And you have to recognize that inherited mana. What were you gifted before you started acquiring Ike? So if they don't have a sense and that, like my classes, I that's what it focuses around is really looking first. Your whole first year in my, like it's a four-year course I teach, you know. The first year is really about you. Like learn about yourself. Assess what you came into my school before I start sharing anything. Before you start acquiring new knowledge, I like you be really solid in what knowledge you come with, right? Because that's your foundation. I'm not your foundation. I'm gonna build on that foundation. I'm gonna add to it. It's gonna that that foundation is gonna help you um, synthesize and 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 be critical of what you're being taught and how to process it and organize it. But if you have no organization coming in, then that's why we take that first year to ensure that everybody's on the same page, you know? So the first year they come in thinking like, oh, I'm gonna make all this la'au and I'm gonna do all this kind of lomi techniques and I'm gonna crack somebody's neck and make everybody feel good. And then they realize like, wow, I don't get to touch anybody for the whole first year. And I'm like, yep, cause I wouldn't want you to touch me. Cause I don't know if you, you know, I don't know you and I don't think you know yourself. You know, so it starts with really the first year, like I, I, I built it around this idea of like heal the healer, you know, before you can have a healer in every home. I want to make sure that you took the time to heal yourself because oftentimes our homes are, you know, because of colonial and just the just life. Yeah, it's it's we have fragments of um we have sickness that is cultivated, almost cultivated, you know? So it's important that we, when we reclaim Ike, is reclaiming the Ike from a strength-based model too, is that we're looking at it from, um, not what we didn't have, but what we had, right? What we have happening in our families, what art was taught, what was cultivated. Who cares if it's chicken noodle soup, that's what grandma gave you. She gave you something, you know, maybe she gave you a Sprite and, and seven up and crackers, put it down, you know, and share that mo'olelo to your child. Like that's what they, you know, that's what I was given. But today I'm going to add to this mo'olelo and you can get laukahi, you know, so you can rebuild that, that story again, you know, but that's still part of the, the mo'olelo, you know? And so I think setting the foundation and, uh, and organizing cause in healing, yeah, like healing is about 
putting structure to to chaos, right? When you look in history, every time there was it was chaotic, right? That's when sickness culti- was cultivated, right? The plague, right? When there was no good sewer water system um, in the society, when it was chaotic, people just throwing their waste outside the window, you can have sickness. You know, you can breed it. So I think it's um, by restructuring, organizing ourselves, um, that's how we get back to Mauliola. That's how we get back to um, our well-being. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a really timely message for the times we are in right now. Um, You know, you mentioned a little bit about what your students focus on in that first year. Could you tell us more about what happens during the rest of the four-year program? how students get selected to join the program? Um, so it's a four-year course. And when people see that, I think that's what I, I hope to kind of scare people off right off the bat, right? <laughs> like four years, I'm not going to take that class. I'm going to take the three-month course, you know? There's a weekend course, I'll go take Lomi and I'm, I'll be done, you know? There's a webinar for La'a, I'll go take that. I've, I've been a part of those. I not only taught those, but I've been a part of those. And I think when you do your history, right, when you do your history of Hawaiian healing, you realize it, they weren't doing workshops. Our kupuna built a tradition. They, they had a healthcare system, a rigorous one, right? They didn't have um, people that played around with La'ao. They were scientists, like, I don't even want to call them scientists. They were way more than that, right? Like, they were professions. They were kahuna. They were experts. They, they raised the level of ike. And ike for them wasn't just looked at on, on the planes of, like, on the physical plane. Like, they mastered it on the, the physical, emotional, spiritual, mental plane. They were conjurers of the environment, you know? I mean, that's the kind of ike that they possessed. So when you look at what they had and where, we, where we're at now, it's almost like, how can we keep doing workshops? You know, we really have to call out. I think being a good practitioner is being critical of your practice, critical of yourself, right? Because then that allows you to grow. You know, if you're constantly saying, oh, I'm, we're good, you know, we're, we're doing fine. You know, like, Really? Because then you look back, you realize like, or I should say maybe you look forward, you see like our kupuna were far more advanced than we were. And that pushes, that should push you. That should push you to strive to be better, right? And so I moved into, you know, into really cl- reclaiming that that space of like, okay, Hawaii ke is, and, and even though I'm saying four years, like four years is like, uh, you're just beginning, you know? That is to set you set you up to really start getting to the work, um, to be able to expose you on a broad level. Like here's, okay, if you thought like Laau, Lomi, Ho'oponopono, Laokahea, Aipono, like, okay, if you thought that that was a healthcare system, that's five out of the 32 professions that they had. There's like, you know, you didn't even scratch the surface yet, right? And then the understanding of how those things were integrated. So 
I realized I had to buckle down. You know, I had to get serious. And it just started with like, okay, I'm just going to focus on these four years. And then the broken down the four years was really about like, how do, how do you, how do you start to re restore? Cause the goal for me was to have was one first year is around heal the healer. Second year was, um, so once you heal the healer, they can go back into their home now. Right. And, and begin expanding that into their family members. So establishing a healer in every home, right? That's the next level. Um, so you heal the healer, heal the people in their home. Cause it, you don't want, you really don't want, and that's a more modern thing, right? Like I'm going to go to the doctor. I'm going to go to school and have, get educated. That's a very modern thing. When you look at the, the totality of, 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 of education or, or health, it was always in the home. Like I was saying, so what we're trying to do is reclaim, take it away. Like we, we relinquished it to say, oh, the DOE is going to teach my child or I'm going to go to the doctor and he's in charge of everything to do with my health. Like I have no say. I'm okay with that. Right. But there was not always a, you know, I always say this, like there was not always a Queens hospital you could go to. You had to, you had to know some, you had to. Right. There was no long drugs. You could just go over there and like, ah, oh, I want some NyQuil. There was none. You better know how to go out and find that. Those healing properties. Right. You have to grow those things. So I, I, I think um, for me, the second year is the exciting part because you, you're establishing a healer in every home, which has generational impact at that point. Right. You're not just talking like. He's a, you're not, you're affecting the older generation. If they're in the home, you're, you're affecting your parents. You're infecting the next generation. You're modeling the behavior of what normalized, you know, you normalizing a healer in every home at that point. Um, From a healer in every home, then you move into, you know, a practitioner that can extend that reach. Now, now I can go help clean somebody else's yard because now my yard is clean, right? I clean. I clean my yard and I can go help my neighbor. And then that can extend from the fourth year is really about beyond just my neighbor and my, my Kayo in, in my community, in my Kayo'ulu. Now I can go to the Lahui level. I can help affect change across the Paya'ina. And that's what we need more of as well. Right? So that's how I structured the, the first, the first to the fourth year. And that's just to, establish a practitioner in a community in our Lahue. Now I have it where those that have gone through those four years, they're coming back and they, they have a built upon that another four years of okay, higher level of, of acquisition of knowledge for Mauliola. So now we're looking at different aspects, the aspects that are fragmented that we're trying to rebuild. Cause you can't just, like I said, oh, there's, there's a problem. Like we don't have these things anymore. Like, okay, develop a method methodology and begin to rebuild and reestablish those aspects of, okay, if you didn't have birthing practices, let's rebuild that. And when people say you cannot do that, like you lost it, it was gone. Those people died already with that knowledge. Yeah. That's what they said about, um, the Hokulea, you know, that's what they said about the Hawaiian language. That's what they said. Ah, you guys lost Kaho'olawe already. No need, no need to get them back. The Navy got it. Let them take care of it. Like, if we always keep settling for things being lost, 
then you are lost. But if you understand the foundation that we come from, nothing is ever lost. It's, it's always there for us. You just need to know how to re tap back into that source again, right? Tap into your akua, tap into your kupuna, and draw that ike forward so that you can you, you can bring it you, you can bring life to it again and so that's the method that's the that's the manao that that ike that we have in that in that group of people that have committed to saying i want to i want to i want to open up my own paw i want to teach at some point you know because i recognize gotta teach we have to get out of a deficit this deficit you know we, we have to start building you know if, if I learned from, from nine kumu, then we better have 18 kumu by the time I pass away. We cannot just keep like, I just carrying on the tradition. I don't have nine for nine or one for one. Like, no, you still just skimming by. And when you look at the social structure that we're in, we're being crushed. Even if you think, oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm still maintaining one to one. No, you're still being crushed, right? So you got we gotta get in a state of abundance. We gotta thrive again. We have to think of thriving, and the only way we do that is reinvesting in our people. That's what it's about: reinvesting in our people, reinvesting in our aina, and reinvesting in ourselves. That's how you going. That's mauliola. That's well-being. Can you talk about some of the impacts you've seen uh, in the students you've taught? Oh boy, I mean, I could talk a lot about a lot. I, I could share a lot, but you know, what is the most um, inspiring for me right now is um, again, when you know your mo'olelo, you know your role and responsibility, right? You, when you know what your, kumuna, what your kupuna did, then it really helps direct you what you should be doing. And um, like I was sharing, like you gotta do your homework. You, you, you really gotta put the time in. And what I realized was that our kupuna really invested in keiki. I mean, they really, they observed keiki at, at birth, right? At a very young age, they were, they were keenly watching, you know. And kupuna could, because they didn't have to work anymore, right? Same like our kupuna now. They can just hang out at home and, you know. But they were watching our keiki, observing them, and then critically placing them in 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 a in a place where it spoke to their ano it spoke to their velo it spoke to the mana that they were that they came into the world with right like we said like inherited the the inherited gifts you have to recognize in a person you know so like i could ask both of you folks like what is your inherited gift like do you know what your inherited gift is like i'm not talking about what you were taught I'm saying like what you naturally did well, better than any other kid in your family or any other kid down in your block that where you were raised, you know, did you just naturally like I picked up a pen and I was a, I was an artist, you know, I picked up a ball or whatever it was, right? Like I was good at swimming. I, I never really was taught. I just, I had it. You know, I think that's important for us to recognize in Keiki. And so seeing how our, when you look at the kahuna structure and how, when education started for children, it was like literally like at birth, you know, and then placing them in, in the presence of somebody that could malama that spirit, 
malama those those gifts that they came into it. So they come into the world with these gifts, and then you're going to build upon that gift, right? So same thing like I was talking about how I look at these students that I have. But these students I have, they're older right now. But what I learned and what I value now is that the, the, the story that really sticks out to me is like I, I've taken on teaching these keiki, you know. They, they are ages 5 to 17. Super broad, right? Like the spectrum of age bracket is huge. I don't know what I was thinking when I decided to do this, you know, but when you when you poke it, like when you throw it out, I, I had made, made like, oh, I'm going to teach on class with Keiki. Oh, shoot. Everybody was like, yeah, I'm going to send my kids to you now. Now I oh, freaking now I got to do it, you know. And I took it on. And I was super excited. And this is part of what we were, we were asking, you know, Hawaii People's Fund for was to invest in these kids because I was doing it, one, because the pandemic, right? Um, seeing, seeing my own kids. And seeing my own kids disconnected from their friends, how could I build something that still kept them in my space, like still kept them around things that I'm involved with and not where, okay, dad's going to a meeting, you guys got to go outside the room. How can I be inclusive of them? And so I was creating a space where I could engage them and that they had their peers in the same space. You know, wasn't about money, was, was really about just, can I start, can these kids start learning these healing practices at a younger age, right? Can I, can I move away from, okay, it's a four-year course. Can I not even say that? Can I just say, yeah, hey, I can commit to these kids. And people asking, like, well, how long are you going to teach them? Whenever they choose to leave. But I'm committed. I'm going to be here. I get, I get stuff for share. I get kuleana I got to fulfill. And I'm going to pour it into these younger keiki because when you looked at how our, the kupuna structure, our, our, the kahuna structure was set up, they, they started teaching at that young age, five, six, seven years old, and investing in them. If they had that velo, they had that, that desire, that iini to, gr to grow at, into a healer, then that's my responsibility to teach. And to see these kids just like, you know, Hawaiian Ike is, is the foundation, but I'm not, I'm not bound by that. Because when they say like Ike, you know, Iko, Ike equals mana, you know, they didn't say only has to be Hawaiian Ike. Like I believe like Ike is Ike, you know, cultivate and gather as much Ike as you can. I don't care where it comes from, you know. Um, and so, like this past week, I had found out that these kids had they, they love eating yogurt, but they never made yogurt before. You know, something simple like that. So we made yogurt this past week. You know, that was that was just this past week. The kind of crazy stuff that we do, right? We had yogurt. We made yogurt, and they were blown away. Like, Kumu, this tastes way better than the yogurt that I buy. You know, my mom buy for me, and we talked about. You know, it was I was it was hilarious. Like, I really. I don't know. I feel like the class is more about me because I, I really, it feeds my spirit, my soul to be in this place with these kids. Cause the stuff that come out of their mouth, it just like gives me life, you know? Cause they're like, Kumu, it has probiotics. And I was like, what is probiotics? Well, I don't know, Kumu. I just heard that on top of the TV. That's what yogurt is. What yogurt? Oh, Activia. But I don't eat that on Kumu. But it has probiotics. But I don't know what probiotics is. You know, like, how can you not love that? 
And so having conversations with them about these kind of things, right? Like what is, what is a healthy gut? You know, what is, where, where is your na'o? You know, why is it important to have a healthy na'o? You know, can we talk about na'o-wao and na'o-po? You know, like it was so beautiful to have this kind of conversation with Keiki and enlighten them about aipono, right? About eating healthy, about thinking about making our own food again, right? Like, like this week, we get to make a la'o mixture, you know, in preparation, like move away from reactive. We're, we were talking about that after class. Like, how do we move away from buying medicine when we're sick, you know? We know, like, the, the, the lono is coming around the corner. We know the, the, the wet season is coming. Winter is, up, is upon us. When do we start making our medicine? You know, do we make it during the wet season, during when we're sick, that's when you like make medicine? Or are we making it before the winter season so we are ready for when it comes? Like that's the kind of conversations I'm super inspired and in having these kids engage in and really think about, right? Because these are sharp kids, you know? But if we don't um, interweave these, these ideas, our cultural ideas into them about our Hawaiian ike, you know, then they're going to grab onto YouTube. They're going to grab onto whatever they're watching or whatever they're learning in the Western Ike. So I live, I live for my Thursday classes with these kids, you know. If there's anything right now that, I mean, I appreciate all the haumana that I have, you know. I get like something like 48 new haumana in the older class that I teach on on Tuesday evenings, you know. But these kids, like, seeing the light go on in them of, like, I went lomi my tutu this weekend, Como, and then send me pictures, you know? Like, they're so proud of their work. It's not like they're hiding. Like, I'm going to hide my homework. I don't like my parents see. It's like they're, like, bragging, like, send it. Send it to your friends, mom. Send send your picture. Send them. Show them I was doing lomi. Tell them they can come over and, and, and I can lomi them. You know, they have such pride. You know, and oh, I know how to loan me correctly so I don't get hurt, mom. You know, Kumu taught me how to do it with my hand so my hand don't get sore, you know. And I, I just live for that right now. I just see, like, the excitement, you know. I think as we get older, we lose that excitement because I don't see that in my older class, you know. They're there like, I'm in school, like, I'm serious. But they don't have fun with it like these kids are right now, and I love that, and there's anything that the stories like like i said hey get plenty of stories but this one is the most important because one i get to do it most importantly i get to do it with my kids but it's nice that they're seeing that there is this movement happening that wow my because <laughs> my daughters they're in this class right and they're like oh dad you just talk to all your friends on the on the that's all you do for your work you only talk to your friends and then now they're like how come these these cakey dad, how come they come in? They like being this class for. And I'm like, uh, do you know that know what your dad do or what? You know, like they, it's starting to click. Like, oh yeah, my dad teach this kind of stuff, you know. He he goes share with these kind. But prior to that, I don't think they really knew, you know, really understood. So to see them and to be them have peers their age that are all kind of they all kind of talking the same language, you know. It's a beautiful thing, and the investment is priceless. 
Mahalo for this conversation, Keola. I feel like you've had a lot of ono tidbits and really quotable moments, so I'm excited to listen back to this interview. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? Maybe just more for our listeners and for our Lahui. You know, we live in a, a crazy time. And it's important, you know, it's super important that we know where we come from. You know, we, we say that, but you really got to know that. You got to know our history. Know our history to help influence our behaviors today, the choices that we're making today. You know, and I think when you look back at it, when you look back at your own history, you're going to see what, what we should be doing today, right? You can see the kind of choices we should have. But but what never left was this aloha for our people, you know, aloha for each other. You know, you may disagree. We may disagree on many things, and we do disagree on many things. We're never going to see always eye to eye. But you should never stop having aloha for each other, you know. And I say that because that is the foundation of healing, you know, is aloha, is love. Love heal all. Love is the very thing that cleanses, you know. And if we lose that, that, oh, sad, mina, mina. And, and we, you know, there's times where you look in our community, you can see it. It's, it's fleeting us, this idea of aloha. And we just came out of this in space of enlightenment on the Mauna where Kapu Aloha is what bounded us as a Lahue. It galvanized us. But how quickly it's fleeting during these times of struggle. And we cannot, we cannot let that go. We must, we must hold on to. But it, you know, it shows one, it shows how. How much we struggle though, right? How quickly, how, how much it galvanized the community and how fleeting it has been during one year of a pandemic. So we must look back. We must look into our kupuna's eyes again to, to, to reclaim that again. That's where our, our mauliola going to come from. That's where our health going to come from. That's where our mana is going to come from by holding firm to not to, to not be swayed by the currents of today but to be rooted in the voices and the ike of our pupuna if you do that no matter what the the sway of today is no matter what the the, the new flavor of the day is you firm you rooted and you know where you're going so i think that you know, it's really, I like just say that to our Lahui right now because it's, it's, oh, Kaumaha, you know, and we're losing, we're losing individuals at a very drastic rate, you know. And I hear for say, like, what for do or what not for do. All I'm saying is the main thing is no lose what our kupuna held on to as a very, you know, that was their guiding light. That was their foundational piece was having aloha. And it, you know, you get that, you're good, you know, whatever the choice you're gonna make. But let your let your let your history, let the voices and actions and behaviors of our kupuna help give us insight into today. That's how we're gonna get out of this. But we gotta do them together, that's why. That's why. I sing this. Love is what binds, you know. 
And that's what's going to get us through this hard time is, is the collective, not the individual. So, if yeah, if I had anything I wanted to share about anything I shared today, it's that. It's we got to look to each other. We got to look to our kupuna and where we come from and this aina that we come from. Those are constants. Mahalo, Keola, for that message and for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, mahalo, guys. It's been an honor. And yeah, yeah, I, I really look forward to hearing all the other inspiring because we get some inspiring people doing awesome work. Keola shared with us that he isn't currently taking on new students while he sees his current cohort all the way through their training. If you're interested in learning Hawaiian healing practices, there are other excellent schools and kumu out there, and we hope you will seek them out. Hawaii Rising is a podcast from the Hawaii People's Fund produced by me and me with additional support from Mickey. Our theme music is Revolutionary from the band Ukla the Mock, written and sung by Mickey Hui Hui. Production of this podcast is supported by a fellowship from Princeton University. Thank you to our community donors and to you, our audience, for listening. In our next episode, we'll be speaking with the Ho'ahu Energy Cooperative Molokai. We're failing right now because this sunshine that shines on all of us and this promise of renewable energy, it really should be bridging the gap. You don't want to miss it.